guys. Welcome back to Headcase. I'm here with Jack Leary. Hello, and, hello. Um, today we are interviewing a very brave girl named Shane Kimbrell. Um, and Shane is going to tell us about her diagnosis with bipolar 2 disorder and a couple other things about her life. And we're really excited to talk about talk to her today. So, um, hi, Shane. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Great. <laughs> <laughs> so, Shane, where are you from again? I'm from Oklahoma. Okay, a, awesome. Like a small town in Oklahoma. <laughs> that's amazing. That's really cool. I'm really pumped that you uh, reached out to me because it's cool that the podcast is reaching that far over <laughs> because I didn't expect yeah. that. It's very cool. Um, so you found us through – you saw that – you follow Hannah, right? Yeah, I follow – I actually found her on YouTube and and then I found her on Instagram, but then I saw that on her story. So. Oh, that's amazing. Okay. So, um, so you were recently actually diagnosed with bipolar two disorder in May, right? Right. Um, so can you tell us a little bit about that experience for you and like what that was like? Cause that's very recently and I can imagine that really has been a big struggle for you the past like couple months. It's probably taken a lot of, yeah. a lot of, I've, I mean, I've always had depression like my whole life uh-huh. and anxiety, like really severe right um but in may i just like started to really like not be able to function like i've i guess i've always had like high functioning depression yeah but just starting in like may i would i had i would just be crying all the time i'd have to go home from work mm-hmm. um just i don't know i just had a breakdown and i decided like this is not working I've been taking depression uh like depression medicine and it's not doing anything so I decided to go to a psychiatrist yeah I've uh my my counselor that I have told me that she thought maybe I had ADHD which okay at the time I was like yeah maybe yeah because that sometimes is misdiagnosed as yeah bipolar disorder or vice versa Right. So I went to the psychiatrist that specialized in ADHD, and he was like, "No, you do not have ADHD. You have manic depression." Okay. So I went to another psychiatrist, and they put me on, of course, a bunch of medicine. Yeah, of course. <laughs> and um, I've been doing better. There's, I'm, you know, I'm still not like a hundred percent. Yeah. Coping with it, great, but um, I've been doing a lot better with the medicine. I did have a another breakdown whenever they took me off some medicine uh-huh. and then put me on another medicine like cold turkey and I just lost it. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. trying out these medicines is so difficult and especially because not it's not a one size fits all thing. It's like every person is different. Right. Um, I actually, yeah. it, I, it's really interesting how your genetics play into the medicines that you are able to take and, and whatnot. Like it's right. So like if it works for someone else with your exact diagnosis, it might not even work for you. So that's, that's a lot. Yeah. That's another hard thing. Cause yeah. it's taken, and I've, I've even had to go, I started going to a different psychiatrist cause the one I was going to, I just didn't feel like yeah. it was working with for me. So yeah. I, now I'm in a different one and I think that he's done a lot better with all the different medicines because the, my other psychiatrist is just putting me on like one at a time, seeing if that works and taking me off of it, putting me on another one, see if that works kind of thing. And yeah. he's, 
he's put me on a lot. I think I take about six medicines, medications. Oh my gosh. Um, but it, they're all working together a lot better than the, just the other one, the other ones. My psychiatrist, the first psychiatrist I went to was putting me on. Right. So. Well, yeah. Cause you want to feel like yourself and I, I mean, yeah. I can, re- I can definitely relate to you in the fact that with the high functioning depression situation, like mm-hmm. after I had my accident with my concussion, I totally like unraveled and realized that I was really functioning at a high level with like all of my mental issues and didn't. Right. And then once that, like I hit that limit almost, it was like, that's when I realized like I needed to get help and, and figure that all that stuff out. So I can totally relate yeah. to you in that way. Um, so when you say, I- yeah, go on. Oh no, no. I was just saying, and I don't like, I don't really even know what, like most people are like, well, what happened around this time? And I'm like, I don't know. I just, ha- I guess my body just had enough. And yeah. I can't do it anymore. <laughs> like It's like stress. It's like nothing necessarily needs to happen in order for you to like have an episode yeah. or a breakdown or anything like that. But um, did you notice any, like anything different change in your, in your personality when you, before the breakdown or anything like that? Like, did you... Did you yeah, find yourself. I got like really, really irritable. Like yeah. I would, I would get in my car <laughs> and get mad and like turn the radio off. And I love to listen to music and yeah. like sing along to the radio. And so I just like one day I was just like, what? I hate. Like I don't want to listen to this. Like right. turn it off and get mad. Um, I could, I could not make any decisions. Like, just do you want to go out to eat? And I'm like, I, I don't know. I really don't know. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and just things like that. I just couldn't. I couldn't do anything. I couldn't, I would just be so nervous. My body would just be nervous. And I don't, I would be like, I don't know. I'm nervous. And like high I strong. can't quit. Like, yeah. Wow. That's so interesting. So do you, because I mean, even like your, your initial reaction mm-hmm. sounds different almost than like the other people I've spoken to who have bipolar disorder. And like, do you notice, I mean, it seems like, you, this was like your first real breakdown. So then you got, you got help from that and you kind of almost caught yeah. it, caught it at a time. Like you, you were like self-aware enough to get help right away. Right. Um, yeah. And I've, I mean, I've always, I've been to uh, like therapy before, like yeah. several, probably like six, seven years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I've always just been accepted of it. Like yeah. I don't, I have anxiety. I have depression. Like I'll tell you that. Right. And I just kind of got fed up to the point, like, I want to know what's going on. Yeah. And so even with the diagnosis, I don't, I'll tell you, I don't care. I've, I'll tell you, like, this is what's going on. I mean, I've had so many episodes at work. I'm just, like, crying all the time. Yeah. And I'm trying to stay at work because I've used all my sick time and I can't go home. And going home doesn't really fix it anyways either. Yeah, totally. So people are like, what's going on? I'm just like, I have bipolar disorder. I just can't handle this right now. Right. It's like, it's like being around people, let alone even being by yourself. Like nothing will make it better. It's not like. Yeah. That. No. Yeah. I mean, the only thing that makes it better for me is going to sleep. Right. And then when I wake up, it's the same thing. Yeah. So it's like, it doesn't really fix it. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I can definitely relate to the crying thing during my like whole concussion thing. I literally woke up crying and went to bed crying every single day. And it was Mm -hmm. so insane. My mom was like, we got to get you to the movies or something because you got to be in a place where you're not going to cry. But it was like, I could hold it together for short periods of time, but like, I totally get that. And and you don't even know how to explain yourself. So it's, 
It's no, it's and my good mom that you got... was just like, "What? Just like be happy. Like it's okay. Everything's yeah. okay." I'm like, "I cannot control this. Like I'm sorry." <laughs> right. If there's one thing a depressed person doesn't want to hear, it's be happy. Yeah. Just be happy. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like you should be happy. It's like the hardest yeah, thing yeah. to listen to. <laughs> yeah, it's if like I, I would love that. that. I definitely would. <laughs> yeah, it's not like you're trying to be a miserable person. You just want right. You want to like get through this, but it's pretty amazing that you were able to like be that self-aware and go see and know that something was raw off because you mentioned that you were married too. So how has that mm-hmm. like? When did you get married? I've uh, about four years ago. Okay. Wow, you're so young. Yeah. <laughs> um, and how is I, that like? How has this like affected your your relationship with your husband? Right. Um, I mean, he's been really understanding and like help like help with stuff around the house, like because yeah. I can't get out of bed. Yeah, yeah. And um, what a good. Husband. I mean, he's just been really understanding and like helpful. I'm just like really grateful That's that amazing. he's been so understanding because. I don't know what I would do if I didn't have somebody there to support me yeah. whenever I, like, if he didn't understand, just like, get out of bed and cook. Like, we need to get up and do stuff, you yeah. know? I mean, I that's, that's really rare because it's also, you're, you're very fortunate because it's, it's like hard to date people when you have, are diagnosed with a mental disorder and you have to explain that to them right. when you're on a date. So that's, yeah. that's amazing that he's really there for you. And does yeah, he, like, he does just he wants ask me to questions? get like be happy and like yeah. get the help I need and get everything straightened out. <laughs> yeah. Does he like try to f- understand like what it is this disease is or like this illness is? Um, rather that like does he ask you questions? Yeah, he's or? like done a lot of like re- he usually does like watch YouTube videos like yeah. research and yeah. I mean, he has anxiety. So he, he kind of has, he has had anxiety and like depression himself. Yeah. So he's pretty, you know, he's aware of what it's like right. to be depressed right. or have anxiety, but he, he just like, it's okay. Like, you know, nothing's good. You know, nothing's wrong. Yeah. Like, even though you're thinking that like, you're going to be okay. Yeah. I mean, that's so, that's great that he's there for you. It's really, yeah, that's really great. So when did you decide, I mean, you said you were always, like, pretty open with telling people what was mm-hmm. what was up. Like, did that ever detract from, like, your career choices or anything? Like, did you ever get, like... Yeah, I mean, yeah. my job has, I, I mean, I haven't, like, openly told my boss. Uh-huh. Right. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, most people at work know. Yeah. So, I mean, I kind of assume she probably knows, but I just, I haven't told her. I don't. I don't know. I don't, yeah. I'm, that's the only thing I'm kind of afraid about. I don't know how that would affect yeah. my job and I yeah. can't really afford to lose my job. So Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, know. I, it's sad because like you should be able to like openly right. like, express it, especially because like people can, people can take like a sick day, but you can't like taking a mental health day would be just as beneficial and like right. a personal day or anything. But yeah, it's hard. I mean, like, I I would suggest, like, I don't know. It's really none of her business, so you don't really have to tell her anything. Right, but, yeah. But, I mean, she knows I have anxiety. Like, yeah. I would all – she knows I have anxiety attacks. Yeah. So I, I kind of just leave it at that. Yeah. Because <laughs> I, mean, I don't need to go into it more than that. Right. Like, 
it's it's just it's hard to explain to people. So that's why I mean this podcast is a good platform for you to kind of show people that like it's not all it's not all like the worst thing ever. Like you can still function. Right. You're still a person. Yeah, and I mean once I I feel like once I've you know, with time it'll get better and once I've yeah. learned how to cope with it and got all my medication straightened out. I mean, I, I, I don't think I'm going to have a problem working, but the problem right now is trying to get all that straightened out. It's hard sometimes yeah. to function at work. Right. <laughs> and what do you do for work? I work in customer service at a uh, electrical co-op. Oh, so okay. So you that like, can be stressful. Right. And you, like, <laughs> you have to talk to people too. So it's like yeah. even harder. Yeah. You, really have, to, you like, have to put on it. Put on a happy show, yeah. While you're talking to them, and that can be hard when you don't really even want to get out of bed sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I can, I mean, I definitely know what that feels like. So, um, but that's like, it's it's hard. It's like I I always suggest don't share anything with your employer, but I know it's right. weird because like I mean, it should you should be able to, but they can like yeah, use it you against be you. Able to. It's not any different than having a broken arm, or, right? And they become like your family you know. in a weird way because you like are working there every day. You get to know these people, and you're you spend most yeah. of your day there than you do at home. So it's mm-hmm. it's it's unfortunate that like it can be something like an illness you can't ex- like it can really explain or understand why you have. Like it's not like you can help it. So it's unfortunate right. that you can't talk to anyone about it at work and then it would be possibly yeah. used, be, be used against you in some way that's the biggest yeah, issue that's the I only have. thing i'm scared of yeah it's like a shame because some people are like fired and for that kind of stuff but like they'll, they'll come up with another reason as to why so right yeah, yeah they can't exactly fire you for that but they'll figure out how to do it a different way so when did you notice you start like i know you said you had um severe anxiety and like depression Mm -hmm. um like leading up to this so when did you start having those symptoms like when did those kind of start developing for you yeah well I mean I think around probably like I said probably around May of this year I just started noticing like I would be sometimes I would like for and I would tell this to my counselor a lot Uh I remember telling her like sometimes I don't I don't understand like sometimes I'm happy for like two weeks and then I get upset for no reason and like depressed and then I just don't like I just can't figure out why sometimes I'm happy and then I'm sad and then I'm happy yeah and and you know she didn't my first counselor I don't really feel like we didn't work I don't know I don't she might she might be a great counselor but she didn't work well for me right um and I you know I would tell her I can't focus I can't I can't do stuff unless I like have like music on or I'm watching YouTube like in the background, yeah. I have to have something like distracting me while I do work. Yeah. And, and she, you know, that's when she kind of suggested maybe I have ADHD. Right. But I would always tell her, you know, I don't, I can't understand. I can't figure out why sometimes I'm like so happy and like, you know, everything's going great. And then all of a sudden I'm just, I just can't, like, can't I'm not get happy. Out of bed. I'm yeah. mad. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, just things like that. And then I, you know, it just got worse and worse. Right. And I would, I mean, I've missed 20 days of work this year. That's that's a lot. (laughs) That's a lot. Yeah. And, you know, I just, I kept trying, I kept thinking if I, if I go home and I get all this stuff done, then I'll be fine. I'll be able to go back to work tomorrow and be happy. And I, 
you know, I would just go, of course, I would just go home and sleep and get nothing done. Right. (laughs) You just want to sleep. That's the whole, like, yeah. Um, okay. So, well, you, that's really interesting that, cause like I, I have ADHD, so I actually do like watching TV in the background while I'm working too. So I completely get that. It's almost like the being, the silence is like, makes you more anxious. Yeah, exactly. Um, But so did you, like in high school and stuff, did you always have sort of anxiety or just were you not aware of it? No, I mean, I had, I was always like painfully shy. Like I, Mm -hmm. I was so shy. Like I couldn't even like hardly, I felt like I couldn't even hardly talk to my own parents. I was so shy. Oh, oh, I mean, I, I would have a lot, I had a lot of anxiety just in general. Like I would be so scared. Like when they were going to call your name in class, I would just get so like, Social anxiety, basically. have to stay here. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Okay. So very shy. And, like, did you have a good group of friends throughout college? I mean, high school or college or anything like that? Yeah. I mean, I had some friends. Most – I mean, mostly I would – I isolated myself pretty pretty badly. Yeah. Um, I had, like, one one good friend in high school, and then I would just – I pretty much just isolated myself from yeah. them, so I never really had friends through college or even now. Mm-hmm. So I've just really isolated myself really Well, that's really amazing. bad. That's amazing that you're brave <laughs> enough to come and, like, talk on this and really open yourself up, especially being, like, a shy person. I can imagine that's really tough, but – so yeah. thank you for that. But And I've grown out of the shyness some, yeah. but, I mean, I still get anxious. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it sounds like you definitely had a social anxiety disorder that – like should have probably right. been looked at when you were in high school. Right. Um, yeah. And I think my parents didn't really, I don't know. I don't. Yeah. They really I don't just think didn't my understand. parents really noticed it. Yeah. Is your family like really different? Are they really like outgoing and. Um, my, I mean, my sisters. Yeah, they yeah. are. I have two sisters. Okay. One's, uh, she's probably around, I think she's about 23 and she's really like outgoing and like, the world revolves around right. around me type. Right. Um, and my my baby sister, she's she's a lot she's thirteen and uh-huh. she's really like outgoing and seeing dance, yeah, talk all the time. So and I mean around my family I'm a lot different. Like now I you know, I'll talk and like I'm pretty outgoing around my family. Yeah. And I think that's one reason they never really noticed. Right. Is because I'm like when I'm around my family, I'm happy and I want to be around them. Then I right. go home and I'm sad and depressed. So I think that's one reason they never really noticed yeah. and I don't blame them for that. Right. Well, that's good that they like but, bring out the best in you because some yeah. families do the opposite. So that's really right. Nice. And I mean, we all have our issues. Yeah. It's not like we're <laughs> happy right, right, all the right, time. And right. I'm always happy to be around them all the time. But are you, mostly it, are you guys all really close? Like, have they been really supportive? of your diagnosis yeah That's yeah funny. my dad actually just got his master's in uh counseling so he's like pretty aware of like you know what's going on and kind of understands oh, what I'm amazing. going through and my mom's I'm pretty close to my mom she's like my best friend so uh-huh. she she just wants they're just you know they're just scared I mean yeah. they just want me to be happy and like okay yeah they want the best for you well that's yeah that's awesome congrats like congrats to him for getting his master's in that that's really cool um yeah so are, are you do you live in the same town that you grew up in right now 
Yeah, my dad was in the Air Force when I was little, so okay. we kind of moved around some, but I we've lived in Ada probably. That's the town I'm from in right. Oklahoma. We've lived there um, most of my life, so yeah, we still live in the same town. Yeah, and being from a small town, I always find this interesting because I'm, like, from New York. Um, yeah. And mostly grew up – I mean, I grew up in Connecticut mostly, but – in and out of a big city it's like a little bit of a different Mm -hmm. vibe so but I went to school in a really small town so I I get I get that but I'm curious like do people talk about mental health in small towns like this that much like I I mean we have like hardly any resources like there's literally one psychiatrist okay um I mean we have a small our our town is about 17,000 people but we're kind of like a there's like several little small communities they're not necessarily towns yeah um they have like we have a a community that has its own school system but it doesn't really have its own like address it's still an ada address right so we have all these little towns around us so it kind of seems a little bit bigger than it is right but we literally only have like one psychiatrist for all these these little towns around ada and we have counselors but they're you know they're really hard to get into because there's only a few of them so right. we really don't have any resources um the first psychiatrist i went to was in norman which is about an hour away from here Jeez, okay. and um i quit going to her just because i didn't feel like she's working but also it was really a hassle to drive that far right it's like two hours out of your day and then an hour yeah. of being there that's a lot so i yeah i don't really feel like we have a lot of a yeah. lot of resources and it's really frustrating because I mean I would love to have like some kind of support group to go to yeah and uh, someone to or talk something to about but it. you know we don't have that around yeah anything like that around here I mean mental health is already such like a taboo thing for people like are afraid to kind of touch on it so it's mm-hmm. it's I can imagine being in like a small town in the south is like even more taboo especially when there aren't a yeah. lot of like people who are working in the industry there and everything but, yeah, that's right. really unfortunate. That's one of the things that I, like, wanted to – I'm glad you talked about because I wanted I wanted people to know that. Like, it's it's really – that's one, like, one of the biggest issues that people have yeah. is, like, not getting the help that they need and the proper, the proper help. And there just being, like, a lack of – there's, like, no education on it and there's just, like, a lack of, like, actual good doctors and – and specialists right. who actually want to help you instead of stigmatize you and just put push pills on you and just move on with their day right. kind of thing. Just like talk to you for five minutes, like, okay, how's your how's your medicine going? And then yeah, you want someone who really will listen. And, right. And, and this psychiatrist that I'm going to now, he really does like if you you know if you're like fine with talking for five minutes and you think everything's going great, then that's fine. But if you need to talk to him for thirty minutes or an hour, he yeah. doesn't like, try to push you out of his office or that's anything. Amazing. So that's yeah. one thing I really like about him. Yeah, it's definitely good to have someone. He's, like, an ally. He's just really – he gets it. So it's good to have someone yeah. who can, like – But, yeah, that's a support group. See, like, when I went through my anxiety issues and everything, I was totally, like – I wish there was a support group for girls like me who go through this or this and that. And that's sort of why I started this podcast because I was, like, it's a way to kind of bring everyone together who – suffers from it but also like people who don't yeah. suffer from it can understand it and then look at people in a different way because if like if people I mean I'm, I'm sure if people in your community had even known you were like super shy like they could have mm-hmm. you know 
reached out in a different way that would make you more comfortable. But, like, people don't get that. People just assume everyone's right. weird or different when they, like, yeah. can't be, like, say what they feel or or whatever it yeah. is. Or that they're, like, I've had people tell me that at work. Yeah, like, yeah. you're just different. Yeah, you're not like, like everybody else. I'm like, yeah, I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> Which is good. Like, honestly, yeah. like, the hilarious things can come from mental disorders as hard as yeah. they are. Like, you, some really great <laughs> things can come from it. It's bizarre, yeah. but, like, even, like, doing this podcast, I would have never done it if I hadn't gone through all of that. So it can be really, like, interesting. And I think I personally – I was talking to Jack about this last week a little bit, but I, I think almost someone who has ADHD or is bipolar or or any of these illnesses that cause, like, extreme emotion, I almost feel like they tap mm-hmm. into a different part of their brain. And I am by no means a doctor, so I have no idea if this is true, but it's, like, a theory I yeah. have that maybe, like – you guys tap into a part of your brain that's just a little bit more than other people have tapped into. And, like, because we're not used to that, like, we don't know how to manage it. Yeah. So that's why it takes, like, years to figure out and balance and things like that. But, right. like, it's not being able to focus is tough, but I've found, like, I can think many thoughts at once and it's pretty, like, nice. You're not, like – like, I can talk yeah. to someone while doing something else at the same time. Versus someone right. who doesn't have ADD and can like can't listen to anything you say unless they're finished typing on their phone or something. So it's right. cool, yeah. Um, <laughs> so when did you meet your husband? You said you got married four years ago. Yes. Well, we. I met him in let's see, February of 2014. Okay. And then. We got married. We got married in July of 2014. Oh my god! When you know, so you know. We didn't really, yeah, we didn't really know each other that long, but we we got married, <laughs> and it's worked out. That's amazing. Yeah. So I'm curious, yeah. what was it like? To what was like dating like for you prior? Because if you like did have social anxiety and things like that, like what was that like for you prior to meeting your now husband? Or yeah, even I mean, the him. weird thing was, like, I I don't – I don't remember being, like, shy around, yeah. like – because my fr- – he was a friend of one of my – like, a couple of my friends. Right. And we we would go out to eat with him or, like, go over to his apartment and play games yeah. or just do a uh, little stuff together. And I don't – I was shy, but I don't remember being that – like so shy around them because they were my friends and even though he was there and I was didn't know him that well I wasn't too shy because my friends were there and we were like yeah comfortable with each other right so it wasn't like meeting a total stranger no um that's amazing that's really cool that he's and he's he the same age yeah cool. he he his birthday's in August mine's in December so yeah. he's a little bit older than me but that's so cool. I'm so fascinated by by people who get married young because it's so different. Like being from a small town, I'm sure it's more common. Yeah. But in New York City, right. it's like it's so like t- I have friends who are married with kids who are my mm-hmm. age too. Like, but it's it's more rare for sure. It's almost taboo. In the right. Same. Yeah. Um, but that's really that's, cool. That's I'm glad. Yeah, it's very interesting dynamic, and that's why I like the mental health thing being from a different part of the country and like 
a small town that has less resources. But you know what's weird mm-hmm. is we live in New York City with so many resources, yet people still have these like issues and they can't get the right help or they have to like try right. a thousand doctors. Hannah actually told us on the last episode that she um went through like 20 doctors or something like that. So Right. So you it's nice that you at least got a doctor like pretty quickly that you feel comfortable with. Yeah. Um yeah, it's pretty can get pretty frustrating. Yeah. <laughs> so have you like have your friends been really like open with you about it, about it or have they been weird or like have you lost any friends yeah, over I mean, it? Like I said I don't I kind of isolated myself so I don't really I have people at work that I talk to yeah. that I, you know like work friends yeah, yeah, but yeah. I don't really I have just really isolated myself and I don't really have any friends. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> no you do. We're your friends now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean Instagram really helped me a lot. I found I found a lot of people on there that you know post things and you can talk to them if you need to talk to them. So yeah. I mean I I like in that sense, yeah, I have friends on and people yeah. to talk to on there, but like an actual like best friend. Yeah, I guess hard. I would just say my mom mostly is my best friend. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, hey, my mom's my best friend too, so there's nothing wrong with that. Um, yeah. But that's cool that like you can be open with her and she's like understanding. And I guess yeah. your husband, your husband's also a best friend, I'm sure, too. So yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Do you think you will have kids? Yeah, that's one thing I don't know. I get. I get so scared. I, yeah. I'm like I said, I'm like really a really anxious person. So I think about everything, every little thing. And I just think I don't, I get so upset when people get upset or like yeah. get made fun of or something happens. So you're like worried just, about like, being a mom this, basically. Yeah. Like yeah. at this point, I just feel like I'd be so worried. Um, like if they, they, got hurt or somebody made fun of them at school or something happened I just don't know that I could handle it right, right. now yeah so like as of right now I don't I don't know yeah it's just a it's just a I don't know right now I mean <laughs> that's the beauty of getting married young you really can wait so <laughs> you have no right. it's like no rush right now anyway but yeah, yeah I mean I would definitely like feel the same way like want to kind of make sure you're mental state is in order before you have to take care of someone else's or like right give them the guidance and things like that um so what has like what has like your day days been like lately have you been because you said your medicine has been working a lot better like do you yeah do you have any moments of like do you go like when you go through like an episode of of I mean, you said you had a little bit of a breakdown and you were switching medicines. Is it like you're you're almost like suicidal or you just like can't move? Yeah. Kind of thing? Yeah. During that, the breakdown that I had whenever they took me off of medication, I was um, I was pretty close to getting put in a hospital. OK. Um, because wow. I was like suicidal and I couldn't I was just crying. Like I literally cried for like 48 hours straight. I would I, other than sleeping, I was crying. Yeah. And my counselor was like, I'm pretty sure they, if you called a hospital, they would put you in right now. And I was like, I, I don't really want to go. Let me just see if my mom can like, you know, basically babysit me all weekend. And cause I just really don't want to be put in a hospital. Um, so, and I mean, that's not saying that 
I don't mean anything by that. Like, right. if I had to be put in hospital, that's fine. Just, I just didn't want to. Right. I mean, no one to wants to. Want. Yeah. That's yeah. Like, definitely not something anyone would want for themselves. But no, I get no. that. Yeah. It's like, I mean, that's a major thing too, because I think, um, like, if can being voluntarily or involuntarily held in a hospital, yeah. like, does doesn't it? I think goes on your like your your record or something. I don't know. Yeah, that's what I heard. But yeah, and and it's like, I mean, I would think I would be scared. Yeah, you know? totally. There's all kinds of different people in there, and <laughs> yeah, and you have to stay. I mean, if yeah. you're involuntarily put in there, you have to stay. Um, yeah, Hannah, you'll so when I you just, when you listen to the episode with Hannah, you'll you'll hear how mm-hmm. her experience in a mental hospital. So it was it was interesting what she told us. But, yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's really that's really. I mean, your mom is amazing for being able to like really hold yeah. you hold you together. <laughs> That's very cool. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, my mom was there for me like that too. It's just kind of got to like yeah. distract you and keep you from – because like I, yeah. I know I knew I was afraid to like be alone a lot. So I don't know if you felt that too. Like Exactly. Yeah, that like, During that time, I was like, I just need you to sit in here with me. I don't yeah. care if we talk or do anything. I just cannot be by myself. Like right. do not leave me. Right. It's like you don't want to be alone with your thoughts. You don't want to be alone. You don't really want to like – talk but you just want someone else there yeah yeah exactly that that happened to me and even after like a couple days after I was finally a little bit better yeah. like I wasn't crying all the time but I still couldn't be by myself I was yeah. just like please don't don't leave me <laughs> no, I, get, I get that it's definitely like anxiety ridden and like it yeah it totally like it depletes you like you can't it's just really, really hard to function when you're like that anxious and that depressed mm-hmm. and things like that. It's like, um, yeah. So I can imagine. But did you, um, did you ever talk to your doctors about? Because I, I mean, cold turkey is like really dangerous to to take someone off. Yeah, it's like a liability on there. I, end. I mean, geez, you could probably sue them. <laughs> yeah, I. I went back to the psychiatrist, my first, this is, this happened when I was with my first psychiatrist and she was like, well, it shouldn't have done anything. And I was like, well, it did. Well, it did, clearly. (laughs) I mean, hello. That's at that point, my mom was like, we are calling a different psychiatrist. Um, I'm going to get you into them because the psychiatrist I was seeing, we called and they were just like, well, if you're feeling suicidal, go to the hospital. And they wouldn't do anything because we couldn't come in to Norman, which yeah. is where they were. And, um, you know, they were just like, I was just like, you know, maybe you can give me something to calm me down. Like, yeah. I don't know, like a, call me in a medicine or something to just like, yeah. Like, so I don't like Xanax any, or something. Anything. Yeah. Yeah. Just something. And they were just like, well, we can't, the doctor won't do anything if you're not here and she's not, she doesn't have anything available today. So if you're feeling like that, just go to the hospital. I mean, it's and that like, was frustrating. That's really frustrating. A hospital shouldn't be like your only option. Exactly. It's really hard. To, I, I, yeah. I would think it, they would want that to be your last option. Right. It's also so Personally. expensive. Like, hello, people like, I mean, I'm sure you have insurance from your job and stuff, but like, that's just right. ridiculous. Yeah. It's a lot of, it's a lot of money, even it's, if you have insurance. It's, and you have to wait at the hospital forever too. Like, it's not like it's a quick right. thing. 
But that's like a state of emergency because I understand exactly how you feel. Like I was in – when I was at like my low point, I was in a – I was at a place where I was like, if I don't get like something to help me, like I don't, I'm going to like implode because I'm, I keep crying. Like I need something. And, and the thing is, is like, I know, I know like taking medicine, a lot of people don't like to take medicine. Obviously no one really wants to take medications and things like that, but like it is almost like a band aid to help you heal. So you can kind of get back into your, into your regular self because I know I didn't want to take any medicine and I went off of it and I was like, Nope, not doing this. And then it wasn't helpful because you kind of have to like – it's like mind tricks. You have to kind of like mm-hmm. get yourself to a mental state that you you know how to like get in and out of and like make a thought like move on. And like if you yeah. have a bad thought or negative thought, you can just move on with it. Do you do any like yeah, meditation or anything oh. like that? Yes, I do meditation. I haven't been doing it as much lately, so yeah. I need to – I need to start doing that again, yeah. but uh, I think it helps because I, sometimes I would get upset at work and then I would go to lunch and I would just sit in my car and I have an app yeah. that I meditate with and uh, I would sit in my car and like do the little 30 minute meditation and then after that go back to work and I felt more a little more calm. I mean, yeah. some days it doesn't, you know, some days you just you can't I focus, feel like nothing yeah. works. No, I totally get <laughs> but, that. But it's good you're trying, at least. Like, it's good to find, like, other outlets. Like, I know, like, working out helps and helps, Mm -hmm. like, with the endorphins and all of that. So that's really good. And I've started doing that some. I'm not a big, like, I'm not a sporty person. But (laughs) I've been Just, like, walking outside. Yeah. Like, being outside helps. Yeah. Um, so that's like really cool that you're, I, cause I noticed, like, I looked at your Instagram, obviously I noticed you're, Mm -hmm. you definitely like are advocating for people with, um, these illnesses. So it's very cool that you're like putting yourself out there in that way. Is it, um, is it something you want to do with your, like with your life at some point? Do you think like want to? Yeah. I mean, I think. I would probably have to go back to school, obviously, to do, like, counseling or something. Yeah. But I would really love – I mean, I would love to have a job either, like, just helping people with mental health, like, yeah. teaching classes about it, something yeah. in that field. Yeah, even starting, like, I, a support I think it would be group. hard in, in my town because there is nothing. Even if I had to – I guess I could start something, yeah. obviously. But Yeah, you um, should start a support would, group or yeah. something. You yeah. Start in start with high schoolers because they're like the you know they're the ones who you got to catch early. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think that's important. I think there should be classes or yeah some type of. I mean, you do sex ed. You should have to do something about mental health. One hundred percent. You know, I, agree. I just, it's. I mean, I think that's just as, as important, if not more important than. Yeah. For sure. About- I mean. It's definitely, like, I mean, no one listens to the sex education anyway, so at least might as well have no. classes no. on the mental health. And, like, it is it is true. Like, they really don't teach you any of that. So that's why these stigmas exist because, mm-hmm. like, there really isn't anyone teaching, like, that no. it's a, not a one-size-fits-all thing. And it's just even really – the parents don't. I mean, parents yeah. don't even know what to look for. So yeah. it's hard. Especially, like, and if, if that – cycle continues it's like this thing where families go undiagnosed with undiagnosed problems that they keep passing Mm -hmm. down in their families and then no one understands that like the history because like 
if you go back and you like look at like your the history of your family, I'm sure there's like some family mm-hmm. member that had like suffered from symptoms of what you've gone through, but like was right. never diagnosed. So they're like, oh, like that aunt, like Emily, was just totally like sad all the time. She was just like really off her rocker or something. But like they don't know that they're actually. Right. She was actually diagnosed. Yeah. With it. Well, also generationally, like no one talked about anything. Yeah. You know. Yeah. It was just like mm-hmm. shut up and be normal. Right. <laughs> It was totally, like, unacceptable back then to be, like, any – to be different. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, that's why, like, all these mental illness and, like, all – any – it's it's weird how you can have, like, an illness like cancer and it's socially acceptable to tell someone you have cancer because, like, it is such a serious thing – but there's no cure right. for, like, some of these mental illnesses either. So, like, you can kind of, like, you can tolerate them throughout your life. But there's really no, like, cure unless you get, like, a new brain. So it's right. it's, it's weird that <laughs> it's, like, it's such a weird – it's, like, why is that so crazy and, and unacceptable to people when, when someone – just because it doesn't take maybe a physical right. toll necessarily. I think a lot of people just think, oh, you're just – you can fix that. Like yeah. you can be happy. There's no reason for you to be unhappy. Your life is, a g- you have a good life. Look yeah. at everything you have. Right. Is your town like um, religious? Like, is there a big like? Oh yeah. Yeah. We have some things. We have most of is churches and Mexican restaurants. <laughs> oh my god, it's hilarious. So we're so, definitely, uh, yeah. definitely a, a very religious town. So they must uh, do the churches. Okay, so do they must like really kind of push the like just find God thing on you to like you know yeah. use church yeah. as like your your form of therapy and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. Tough. And my I mean my counselors don't really do like don't really push that. Oh, that's good. Thankfully, <laughs> um, but like. My grandparents are very religious, and right. they're like, "You need to go to church, and it will help you." And yeah, I'm. I I grew I mean we grew up going to church right. but as I got older you know we didn't go as much yeah so I'm not like super religious myself mm-hmm. I would say more spiritual than religious yeah I'm um, the same way but yeah yeah well, yeah I my think... grandparents really kind of pushed it on me but I'm like oh, no yeah. thank you it's like a millennial thing we just find like <laughs> we find our own God in some way and, like, right we kind of are right. like we kind of hope that there's someone like looking over you and like. Mm-hmm. pointing you in the right direction but um i mean i i'm the same way in like the spiritual sense i just i don't really i don't think like believing in one thing to solve all your problems is necessarily the healthiest right. thing anyway but it is it is comfort knowing maybe like everything happens for a reason so yeah in, in, definitely like, yeah so like in being like diagnosed with something like this you can actually like you're at least you're not like you're very fearless. Like for someone who had who had social anxiety in high school, like you're a very fearless girl for being able to stand up and like talk about this even on like any sort of platform, let alone Instagram. Because I mean, you post, you even say like in your bio like what your your disorder mm-hmm. is, and that's so brave. Like I don't think I could even do that. That's really brave of you. So I commend yeah. that. That's really cool. But it, it it's kind of like I do that, but at the same time I don't. Like, a lot of people that I know follow me. Yeah. And it's kind of like I put that out there. So it's like I know they know, but, but they don't kind have of to like ask I kind you of, about it. <laughs> we don't bring it up. Like, right. we don't talk about it. Right. I'm sure they so don't necessarily like, understand or know what to ask you, even without like 
they don't want to yeah. like, offend you or anything like that. It's just like a, it's right. a weird, it's a weird, it's a touchy subject because you don't really know how people are going to react on either yeah. end. So it's it's definitely like that's why platforms like this are good because you can actually express what you're feeling. Um, yeah, but yeah, I mean, it's just. It's baffling to me that people don't try to understand more just because, I mean, everyone has bad days. Like, sometimes when you're just diagnosed with a disorder, it's just an extra bad day or, like, a little bit right. worse. Like, but everyone has everyone who's human has emotions where they're up and down and yeah. that kind of thing. So, I mean, it doesn't make you – like, I don't even think – everyone's different. So, it doesn't, make, it doesn't mean you're – I never want you to feel weird because if any yeah. if anything, like – being weird is like way better than not being weird because if you don't yeah. I think it's really boring if no one has like any mental health stories that they can tell like something had to happen to someone it's like crazy yeah. to me when people don't want to go to therapy or like completely think they're fine and put together like no one's fine all the time like that's what being human yeah. is like it's about growing up and growing into yourself because you're obviously not the same person you were in high school either because you're now like no. you're talking to me on this podcast like you're you probably wouldn't have couldn't have imagined yourself doing that before so no. um but that's no, really cool that you're like trying to understand what what you're going through instead of just like yeah labeling yourself as something that's very cool yeah the main like I'm just the main thing for me like I'm just tired like having like problems so yeah. I just I don't know. I just had a a wake up call, and I'm just like, you need help. Yeah, it doesn't matter. That's amazing. Just, I'm just tired of being this way, so I just like I'm ready to like work at it and like right. fix it. Not you know, not necessarily fix it, but like learn how to cope. Cope. Yeah, you're sick and tired of being sick and tired. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. So I'm just like I'm tired of putting up with that. So I'm I'm like you're going to therapy. You're going to get the right medication. You're yeah. going to learn how to fix this. I mean, putting the work in really does show results because, I mean, I had to go through all these therapies and they weren't, it wasn't the same thing necessarily, but it was like, I had like physical therapy, eye therapy, vestibular therapy, all of these things like scheduled every week after yeah. my concussion. And I was like, geez, my goodness, I can't believe like people actually have to do this all the time and not yeah. lose it. But it actually, if you like let it work for you, and don't like hold back it really does help so it's cool yeah and I mean I notice like whenever I stop working at it I get tired or like I I get sick or something like if I get strep throat or you yeah. know a cold or something like that I notice that I'm not working at it and it gets worse yeah and then I start putting in the more work and it gets better it's just you just sometimes it's just tiring to put in all the work and you're like I just don't want to do this anymore I get it yeah but then you know you're like no you don't want you don't you might not want to do it but you also don't want to be in the state that you are in when you don't put the work in right like no one I always find people don't like going to therapy like right before they have therapy and then when they come out they're like so happy they went in they always come out you always come out happier than you came in or you're like more you at least know more about yourself in some way. Yeah, you feel like a relief. I, yeah. I always like have an anxious build up before I go and then yeah. whenever I'm done I'm like, okay, I feel better. Yeah, totally. I, I can totally relate to that. It's the same it's like I feel like everyone just goes in and is like, Oh god, I'm gonna be judged or I don't feel like talking about it because yeah. like, you wanna be like you wanna you kinda close yourself up. I feel like a natural reaction for most people is just to 
hold in everything they feel because they don't want right. other people to be like, that person has so many problems. But the more and mm-hmm. more, like, you just express yourself, it really helps because it's, it's like, shocking how many people go through this. Especially, yeah. like, in your 20s. Like, it really starts – your brain just starts, like, doing crazy things, I think, in your 20s. Yeah. So a lot of mental illnesses develop in the, in the early, state, early 20s, so – it's interesting. But um, so you mentioned you have two dogs. That's cool. Yeah. What kind of, <laughs> what kind of dogs are they? What their names? I have a Maltese named Zane and then I have a, uh, an Aussie Poo named Hattie. Oh, that's so cute. Yeah. How long have you had them? Um, Zane is four and Hattie is, she's one. So I haven't had her as long, but oh. they're my little babies. That's amazing. Have they helped you, like, emotional support animals? Yeah, they definitely do. Like, whenever, like, I get home and they're, like, so excited to see me, I'm like, okay, like, my dogs would miss me if I wasn't here. Yeah. Even though they're just dogs, like, they would be sad. So I'm like, okay, they do love me. I have somebody that loves me. Yeah. You know. Totally. And then whenever I'm upset, they'll, like, come lay by me. They know that I'm upset. Yeah. They'll just, like, lay on me and I'll pet them and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So did you, have you made them emotional support animals? Because I have a few friends with emotional support animals, like to travel and stuff. Like if you fly, you can actually bring your dog. It's a cool concept. No, I haven't made them emotional support animals. Uh, I don't, (laughs) I don't know that they would be good emotional support animals (laughs) because one of them barks a lot at everything. I mean, people definitely use it as an excuse to like get their dogs into restaurants and stuff. But, yeah, I mean, that's – it's good to have, like, something, like a pet or whatever to help yeah. when you're feeling down. I yeah, I definitely don't think they'd be good emotional support do- yeah. animals in public. <laughs> yeah. Have you been able to, like, travel a lot since the, your diagnosis? Like, I know your work – you're trying to go work, so it's, like, hard to balance, yeah. I'm sure. But No, I mean, I haven't really been on vacation much. Yeah. I, I want to, but at the same time, I just get so – anxious like yeah. having to like plan it and then like yeah. pack and make sure somebody's watching my dogs and sounds like someone needs stuff, to take so. you on vacation and treat you and not let you have to do anything about it just like take you <laughs> right like, like hey right. we're going here That'd be nice. yeah I mean it is very like therapeutic to go away and get away from like everyone and everything for a while so definitely you should try to do that at least um Maybe someone will sponsor you on this podcast and take you away <laughs> to, Disney- <laughs> to Disneyland or something. Like, <laughs> see what no, happens. Hope, I guess. You never know. Her Instagram is yeah. what's your Instagram handle again? My Instagram is um, at that's just Shane. I'm pretty sure that's yes, it that's it. Great. Okay, so follow Shane. Um, Shane, thank you so much for talking to me today. That was so great. I would love to like keep in touch and have you back on eventually and like down the line. I want to see, I want to see how you're doing and everything, but you always have a friend if you're in New York. So, um, okay. Absolutely. Like want to keep in touch with you and everyone can go and follow her Instagram and she posts very inspirational things and she's a great girl. So, um, yeah. So your episode will be really awesome. I'm really excited about it. Yes, thank you for having me on. I of really, course. I'm really, I was really excited about it. Yeah, I'm so happy that you came on. I'm really, like, touched that I get people from – that I don't know who reach out to me wanting to come on. It really means a lot to me. So thank you so yeah. much for that. 
Um, okay, You're great. Welcome. So we'll talk soon. Okay. Sounds okay. good. All right. Bye. Thanks. Bye.